Welcome, dear readers, to Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read by yours truly. My name is, eh, it's probably still Stan. And I'm Kay, and remember, we only judge a book by its cover. I think this is going to be the last time that I'm Stan. I am oh. feeling so good about the about the, the match with, with the raccoons, mm-hmm. just to catch everybody up on the unnecessary lore that sprung up about, about this literary podcast. What do you, what do you imagine it's like for, for new readers at home who think, oh, here's a, here's a fun literary review podcast, and then yes. they sign up, and then the first episode they hear is this one. And they'll be in for a wild ride. Yeah, in the fighting pit that I've built out of out yes. of books. I was going to say cage fight, but it's not really a cage. It's a, a fighting pit is a much better description of the uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. I love the stands. I love the book throne. Uh, yes, where you will be judging the match, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is about to begin. Now, I wonder if I can get one more round of practicing with you before I face off against the three raccoons, potentially in a trench coat, for the mayorship of this book village that I've built. Wow. Yes, which the fighting pit is the ground central square, of, uh, as far as I can see now. I sort of excavated. I mean, there was a public school here, but no students. So, no, that's mm. fine. And like I see, you used, you dug the law books out and you used it to make the walls down from. So it looks good. It's like it's half pit, half wall, and it like it's a good too. Yeah, it initially like I thought that the, yeah that the law books would make a good solid legal foundation, but yeah. uh, now it's much more defensive. Are you They're, planning to defend against anything? Well, hopefully my reign once it begins. Good. Oh, do we have another con- contender? Oh, I think she's just like uh, <laughs> mousing around. Well, yeah. not that she could catch a mouse or a bookworm if she tried, but... So let me get a few more practice rounds in because we... Yes, thank you, Your Majesty. The contest that you selected was compliments. Yes. And so I think I'm, I think I'm getting quite good at this. So can we do one more sparring round? Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> I love how you... Okay, so no, uh, I've got a. Sorry, I'm getting nervous here. Got a little, a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, you're so carefree. I love how you just don't care how you come across. Oh, that's very kind of you. Um, I would uh, hope that uh, you can uh, learn from that. Maybe like take on a little bit of. Um, oh, that's good. A little good. bit of less. I was going to say neurotic, but that's not very complimentary. A less serious approach to certain matters. So, okay, so hedging, hedging there. Okay, it's a, it's an interesting style. Uh, let me let me see. You look nice today. Ah, but you always look lovely yourself. Oh. Okay. Now, how does that how does that score? Because mine was definitely more more barbed and pointed. Right. But yours was then more sincere. Does, does right. sincerity get points? Well, yes. It's compliments, isn't it? Yeah, but there's compliments and there's compliments. Well, true. There's the ultimate compliment, which is, that's nice. Yes. Which is not a compliment. Well, it's very dismissive. And I guess this discussion is over now. Okay, so any, any last-minute tips that, like, what, your, what, what should I work what's on? What's your what, six? Oh, dear. Because there's three of them. Okay, Although yeah. they're coming at you only two at a time, because that's the rules. But they can tag in and out. Ah, yes, that's right. We're doing sort of luchador rules. Yes. There can only be two of them in the in the arena at the same time, so they have oh, to tag okay. in that's and out. Good. Okay, so I've got to do double compliments. You can just, like, compliment them as a whole, as a, tri- a trio or as a duo, if, if so the case. <gasps> this is just now occurring to me. Now, I know that I'm mere hours away from this match, but what if I compliment them relative to each other? Oh, divide and conquer. That could be a very good tactic. Oh, this might just be the thing that gives me the edge. I'm very excited now, but there's no time to practice because we have to review a well, book first. Edges, edges aren't allowed, only compliments. Yeah. So no blade. You're not allowed to bring a blade to a compliment fight. There's such a thing as an edgy compliment, isn't there? Well, That's there how, is. kind of how I started. But come on, we've got to review this book oh, so yes, I can we, go and fight the raccoons. We do have books to review. So unusual amount of pressure that I'm under. Uh, this week's book is by Christopher Anvil, and it was edited and compiled by Eric Flint, whom we have covered uh, books of before in the past. Both of them. Both of them. Oh. 
Anvil. Yes, I remember Flint from uh, Recipe for Disaster, I believe the book was. Was that the other guy? Uh, that was Christopher Anvil. Oh, that, was that, was, Anvil. That, was, that was RX for oh, Chaos. Yeah. That's the which, one. Interesting. Recipe for Disaster and RX for Chaos well, is pretty, pretty close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the, uh, oh, somewhere in the 20s. It was a fairly early one, as I recall. Yes. It's called The Trouble with Aliens. Yes. Uh, Eric Flint, also a much more recent uh, uh, veteran. Oh, and we have a I think it's a gorgeous cover. I love the cover. It's, so we have like three felinoids in the foreground. One yeah, of them so is the looking people... like a little bit spaced out. The other one's looking distinctly worried. And the last one is kind of grumpy and angry. Kind of grumpy and angry. Uh, and... and a uh, bearded human in the background wearing some sort of jacket, I suppose. Yeah, just a dude. A dude, yeah. Just a, brown just a haired, straight brown, up brown, Californian. Brown, long-haired, yeah. Uh, and then in the in the background we have some some rocks and beyond that oh, yeah. The, yeah it looks like a very spired city it I mean, looks I say like inspired it's but it's more like outspired it's gorgeous like it's 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 lit by the setting sun as is the gigantic moon and there's a sort of purple yes. haze everywhere and there's a spaceship which is either taking off or descending it's hard to tell how would you tell because we have a we have a sort of cone shaped spacecraft with right. a, with a cone of flame coming out from underneath it's going it seems to be well if it were to be up. landing you would expect the uh, the cone uh, of fire to be much more reflected by the ship itself because it's actually descending through its own exhaust trail so you would expect the flames to be coming up along the sides oh right it's sitting on its own cone right it's dragging the cone if you look at the spacex uh, right. uh, rockets when they come in you can see the flames are actually coming up along the sides and it's not a very nice plume that comes out because the, the ship is descending through its own exhaust right so it's more like a like a pan sitting on a fire yes with the, with yeah, the flames exactly. licking yeah, up very the much other so. side so i guess this spaceship is taking off unless again the artist hasn't like accounted for that sort of thing but you know that's how that's what artists do they have like artistic freedom uh yeah so i thought it was a very exciting book like it was it was quite recognizable to me as a as a as a child of the 80s mm. uh, growing up with with certain films about meeting interesting aliens and it was and it was really fun to see that trope inverted Oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of parallels between uh, this book and a certain movie by George Lucas, but... Um, no, there aren't. Oh. That's not George Lucas you're thinking of. Oh, no, it's the other one. Wait, no. Let's make it work. Okay, let's look at George Lucas's oeuvre. Um, well, <laughs> he, did, always, he did write... I, I always mix up those two. I, they were close friends. I know. You know, they, they did a coin toss to see who would direct uh, uh, Indiana Jones, but uh, no, for George Lucas... Matt we're Damon. Gonna have no, to wait, go that's for the other one. Matt Damon? What? Neither of them have ever done anything <laughs> with know. Matt Damon. What are you... There's American American Graffiti, which I haven't seen. I think that was the first breakout role of uh, uh, Harrison Ford. THX 1138. And then there's the ones that we all know. Jaws. Nope. Spielberg again. Yeah. All right. Well, close enough. I mean, you can just keep... Why don't you just keep listing Spielberg movies and I'll just keep on de- denying well, that George Lucas... Ha- George Lucas has not directed a lot of movies for a famous no, this is uh, true. director. This, he, he went into producing very early on, which is uh, arguably a good thing, according to a lot of people. Hmm. Some of the movies that he produced were a lot more well-received uh, than ones that he directed himself. Well, Especially let's from one particular franchise, which is not the one that we're discussing here today. <laughs> no. Because we're discussing The Trouble with Aliens. Yes, which I would love to see a, a, a movie of, because I'd love to get to know these characters some, uh, oh, uh, some yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Plus adorable cat folk. Yeah, so we start off. I, I really love. I really love the purple one in the middle with his worried expression, right? and his little fang sticking out, and he's yeah. just like, he's so cute. He is. Uh, that's Tom. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the the sort of purple purple lit one. Um, I mean, maybe he's just maybe he's just more whiteish because the. Do you notice how all the shadows are purple? Yes. 
Sort of like that's the that's the scattering color of the other ones are in full in sun and he is not. I mean, at least he's, he's not painted the other that way. way. I mean, you can see it on his head, I suppose. No, I think, I he's think got that's the true. same golden tinge on the top of his ears. So the other ones that we see here, I mean, they're three they're three young friends uh, on the leftmost, and she's got the sort of green focused eyes. That's yeah. Katrina Aldrin, and she is like she's part of this planet's very young legacy of of space travel. She's actually the granddaughter of one of their first uh, uh, catastronauts. Fuzz Aldrin. Yes. Well, he was a famous cat, I suppose, yeah. Yep. And then the the other one, the sort of angry one, is Margaret Scratcher. Yeah. And then there's Tom. And they are out and about on on what is to be their uh, their last summer together as uh, as kittens before they all go off to college. So it's I mean, it's kind of a bittersweet time for them before they before they realize that they're probably not going to see each other every day anymore well, like they used to. I mean, it's like, you go like, oh, we're going to stay in touch. No, you're not. But- no, of course. So we, and, and we know that. So, so reading this book was, a, I mean, there was, there was, certain, there was a little heartache there for, for these very good friends. Oh, right at the beginning, yes. And then, of course, the adventure broke loose. Yeah. So out they are in the, uh, I mean, not the woods, more like the, the rocks. Uh, surrounding their suburban sprawl of the uh, of the city that they live in, which is you know their their playground. That's where they yeah, that's I mean, where they, they go, they go out yeah, into the desert brush. I suppose is the best yeah. way to call it. It's kind of like the ex Texas Arizona area where there's like lots of desert and rocks and like, yep. not much else. That's the site of all of their uh, most memorable adventures together, where they you know they can get away from the old parents and the the the, the parental units, as I like to say, uh, and sort of test the limits of heads, the yes. perfume. Oh well, yeah, they do have a very strict perfume that they have to adhere to. That's right. So they're out and out and about in the rocks when they come across a almost entirely unconscious. Alien, a weird sort of bald, mostly bald. Yeah, he's got some weird sort of lanky tufts on yeah, the, he's on got the top some of his fur on his face, but on, on top of his head. But like, yeah, he's patchy. Oh, he must be ill or something. That's something yeah, really I wrong mean, with him. Oh well, obviously, like his ears are paralyzed; they don't move. Yeah, no matter how much you tweak them, uh, his nose is dry. No matter how much you lick it, it just yep. dries right up again. <laughs> yes, these are terrible, terrible signs. They find him and they kind of coax him into consciousness. Yeah, a lot of like aggressive head butting and uh, yeah. Uh, Rubbing up and licking, just like feeling yeah. up and uh, just making a general poking with the post. stick. I mean, they are kids. Then it turn into the dare, like who, who dares? Do you, you want to touch him? It's like I didn't think you can. T- you don't. You don't dare to touch him. Uh, especially Tom. He's a bit of the the fraidy cat. But he does get dared out, and he goes and gives him a poke. But not much happens, and it takes a while to get him to wake up. Splash a little water on his face as like a last remedy that they think of. Because like if that doesn't wake him up, nothing will wake and him. And that up. is kind of the nuclear option. Like, it is. You do it's not- kind of like smelling using smelling salts on a yeah yeah using the the squirty bottle on someone. That's, That's uh, oof, yeah. Yeah, the special squirty gun that they've got in their first aid kits. Emergency squirts, yes. Emergency squirts. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, you've just named the episode, wow. haven't you? Already? Uh, uh, so at this point, I thought I was already getting a little bit of a, a, a hint of the sort of, uh, the sort of the sort of kitty love between Katrina and uh, Margaret. Like Katrina, the more adventurous, Margaret, the, uh, uh, the the sort of recalcitrant, grumpy. No, this is stupid. We shouldn't be wasting our time. Yeah. It's like he's he's lame and we should just, just we, get rid of him. We shouldn't even be here. We shouldn't be touching him. Maybe he has some disease or anything. The sensible one. But it's like Katrina loves to show off for Margaret. And Margaret really, like, she overcomes her, her good sense because she wants to hang out with, uh, with Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, so they bundle him up and take him home with them. They bring him to Tom's house because his parents are the least uh, involved. Yeah, having gone through a, a, a recent separation, he's uh, it's just him and his dad 
Pernest. Yeah. Oh, Tom Pern. The importance uh, of being Pernest. Yeah, exactly. Uh. <laughs> Tom Hemingway, his name is, so ah. that would make his dad... Pernest Hemingway. There you yes. go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, who is who is one of those 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 hyper permissive insecure parents who just wants to be loved by his by his son and yeah, hopes to, they want like, to be their kid's best friend basically yeah giving him lots and lots of space hoping that that'll that'll help him bolster his uh, his courage so yeah he's the easiest pushover for the yeah, uh, so for the gang of three hide him in Tom's bedroom in the uh, in the closet <laughs> yeah well I mean <laughs> yeah oh no, yeah seems to seems to make sense for them. I mean, he's like oddly non-communicative. I mean, he clearly responds to them, but he's a little bit shy, and he seems to be reluctant to engage in communication. Yeah, and with they him. sure do try. Like they, they, yeah. they bring out all of their sort of electronic gadgets and games and toys to try and, and foods. Yeah, uh, like what will he do you, eat? Do you like this? And some of the food he will eat, and some of the food he won't eat, and. Uh, like fish seems to be the common ground. So that seems to go down well. Uh, I mean, they don't do much in the way of vegetables or stuff like that in the. Uh, on the feline homeworld. Yeah, grass he's not super into. No. I mean, that's more a medicinal thing for grass, isn't it? Yeah. He seems to be wounded. Got a bad knock on the head and he got some cuts and scrapes and stuff like that. Yeah, but they like they don't know what to expect from, no. from something. Like, as Margaret point, points out, like, oh, maybe his species is just incredibly stupid. Yes. Maybe they just all have a sickness in their brain. They've never seen any anybody like They've that. Got no so one to so with. soon enough they come to the conclusion that he must be an alien. And being teenagers, there are certain limits to the ideas that they have for, for what to do with him. So I mean, eventually like they, they settle on the idea of showing him around their world because he's clearly not teaching them anything of there's. value that, that no. so like they decide to like dress him up in a hoodie and, and, and dust his face with some whiskers and try to sneak him into their world, showing him to the uh, the Shopping mall. Yeah. Yeah. Shopping mall. Yeah, oh, exactly. Where they can uh, go and get some ice cream, which he does not, not like. No. The, uh, like the sort of slush that comes out after the, the little squeakies go into oh, the beaker and then like, they go, no. That was like horrible. Like, do they freeze them first or do they squeeze them? They do not. Them up, they just go first. straight in and, and then you can. Flash frozen ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there they are, just sort of writhing around in the little in the little baskets where you've got the different flavors. You know, you can get some pistachio colored ones or oh, some. Oh, yes. Some you can get like uh, black ones and, and brown ones or white ones and you can like yeah, pick a exactly. color or you can have a mix if you want. And I mean, then, With sprinkles on top. No, I, I mean, yeah. you know, different cultures, different, different yes. foods that they like. I guess. My scream is not a pop. It won't, won't go down well. He's like, he takes a look at it and he goes like, nope. Nope, nope, exactly. Uh, he's much more enthusiastic about the game of uh, uh, Furball, yeah. which Katrina and Margaret are both active players in, whereas Tom is much more comfortable in the uh, being sort of a, the, the athletic archly, archy type. He's one of the, uh, the fur leaders. Oh, yes. Uh, cheering on his, uh, uh, his, his friends, Cat and Maggie. Doing their little airs and graces and yeah. uh, running about and uh, cheering on the crowd. Which which seems to like bring the alien a little bit out of his shell, like being exposed to all the wonders that at least teenage world has to offer on this planet. However, I mean, although his initial injuries seem to get better, yeah. he seems to be developing other uh, symptoms. Most notably, lots of sneezing, hmm. uh, a bit of runny nose, and he seems to have getting trouble breathing over time. And it doesn't just go away. And he's like, he's he looks even terrible. I mean, at least his nose is now wet, but like not in the good way. No, and, and his, his eyes are getting puffy and red, and uh, yeah, and he's breaking out in in these in these weird sort of red splotches on his skin. He's always scratching exactly. himself, and he's like, they're, they're really concluding that he is not doing well. And no. he's like, he seems to indicate this as well, although he's still 
very reluctant to communicate for some peculiar reason or the other. I mean, he's, he's clearly observed as being intelligent. I mean, he can he can respond to certain stimuli. He understands maths quite well. He can help yes. them out with their, their finals homework. Their homework. Oh, yeah, he figures that out easily. You know, do this, do that, subtract this, which is interesting because he seems to know their writing script and their... Uh, well, it's all cat scratches, isn't it? It is, but he does seem to understand them. So he must be like, you know, sufficient intelligent level to be able to understand speech. Oh, yeah. Even feline speech. Uh, which is which I found as a reader quite remarkable. Well, I mean, it's a book. Like if you said you wanted a movie adaptation, but that would be quite a challenge. He is interested not only in the in the in, in the homework, but particularly some of the manuals that uh, uh, Tom's dad Pernest uh, has has left around because of his job at Mewing Aerospace. Yes. <laughs> Which uh, uh, which has a, a a launch base nearby. Ah, well, yes, probably why he's the the the, the junior of the group because like he's one of those army brats who moves around with his yeah. dad wherever he has to go. Which and may be it, why they why they met, being that uh, uh, Fuzz Aldrin, mm-hmm. Katrina's grandfather, is a consultant for mewing aerospace. Well, I mean, he does have the experience well, for together, that kind of thing. Yeah. So as the as the summer continues and they're discovering more about this increasingly ill alien, and they're and they're running out of options for, yeah, for doesn't get teacher, better, and their situation doesn't get any better either because they are soon visited by a stranger a stranger that they haven't seen before in a tie and in a in a, in a trench coat he's just and he's just around asking some questions and like he flashes his badge he's clearly with uh, claw enforcement ah oh, yes uh, uh, and he introduces himself as detective clombo colombo that's right that's right it's was one of those observing types who like asks yeah. a few questions and then just looks at you and like lets you talk and just pieces yeah, it all together from, from how it's referencing his together. wife that never seems to never seems to come up. He's no. always got a last question that he turns around and well, oh, yeah, one no, last one, question, one more yeah. question. Uh, yeah, but he's, he's even got a bit of an accent. I mean, you can see from his from his name that he's not local. He's, uh, uh, I mean, he's on loan via via Interpol because he's actually from <laughs> Scotland Yard. Wow. <laughs> Yes, Scotland Yarn. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. And he's. Uh, How I mean, much he's, a yard of yarn? <laughs> Probably more than that. <laughs> and he's in the neighborhood. I mean, he visits all of their houses. Uh, uh, yeah, invest- poking his nose about, seeing what's going on. Yeah, because he has probable claws. <sighs> He probably does. Like he's investigating the, uh, I mean, at this point, not very recent, but the sort of crash of, uh, uh, or the explosion that happened out in the uh, out in the Badlands. Yes, I was uh, looking for witnesses. Yeah, through a little bit of uh, sleuthing of their own, the three kittens uh, discovered that more of those aliens had been found, but these were dead. Yeah. Uh, and it's like in the area of that explosion, they do a little bit of uh, going around. And it turns out that the whole area has been uh, cordoned off by people from uh, Scotland Yarn. Uh, yeah, I thought it was quite clever how they, how they like, sneakily followed him after they stonewalled him, followed right. him back, and then saw this, this sort of isolation area that had been cordoned off. Yeah, but it's, uh, but it's, 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 been, their, yeah, it's been their playground, so they know the terrain, so they know All the, the hiding exactly, spots. They know exactly how to get into that area without, even though it's officially cordoned off. And they and see all these naked dead bodies. Have, and, yes, and it's uh, like turns out there's several more of them. Oh, yeah, and they have, like, lots of... uh, There's, like, a half dozen more of these uh, alien types. And they take some pictures, and they they get uh, the alien PT, as they call him, uh, standing for pink tailless. uh, (laughs) Because that's kind of how they recognize him. I mean, that's what he looks like to them. (laughs) Like, with with his clothes off, he doesn't... Yeah, he's he's got this soft (laughs) pink skin, and he's got no tail, so... 
PT <laughs> is what they tell him apart. Yep. PT is what they call him, uh, and they they show him around. And he seems quite distressed at the sight of these uh, dead people. Yeah, uh, of the, of I mean, the pictures. Some of them more than others. Yeah. So he seems to be splitting them up into two piles, mostly distinguished by their clothing. That like the one pile dressed in an outfit which seems to match his, like camouflage type uh, things, and the other ones seem to be more like more militaristic. I guess that's also camouflage, but yeah, it's. I find it hard to tell apart, and probably the cats did as well, being unable to see color. Well, that's why like they literally works. cannot tell these two piles apart. And he's like, well, but he's like, it's obvious. And like, mm. I mean, they get a little bit of talking out of him, I guess. And yeah, it's weird how suddenly he could talk, right? And I mean, they can he, understand he, he him. He and could, the- yes. He seems to be like very sad about one half of the group and kind of quite angry at the other half of the group. And Mr. Uh, Clombo, that's the one that I was looking for, comes by their house <laughs> yeah. again and like, one more question. Are you sure there was nothing? going on and just as uh, Clombo is about to wander into the bedroom where uh, they've got PT hidden away stashed away yeah. stashed away there's some, suddenly there's this little red dot light appears in the in the air and like which immediately catches everybody's fascination and, ears forward uh, ears whiskers forward. back and he's like everybody Colombo first like scatters out after it and like runs off and like <laughs> yeah. in a complete frenzy totally distracted, forget, forgot completely what they were doing. Yep. And uh, yes, it's, 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 it seems <laughs> yeah. that uh, our, uh, our PT has this power of the red dot, which he can <laughs> yes. control. And Maggie, being the, the star quarterback, is particularly susceptible to this. I mean, uh, Oh yeah, she's right on, on Columbo's tail. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, Tom is the more balanced, uh, also the more athletic among the, among the three of them. So he managed right. to restrain them before they all run out the door. Grab one by the tail, nip the other one in the neck, and just like slam the door shut after clock. <laughs> Clombo. Clombo, yes. That's that's a very hard to pronounce name. I guess it's it's easier if you speak feline. (laughs) Yes. It's French... No, that's nothing. Per, 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 no, there's, Paris, there's no... And it was something about Parisian. Parisian, it's a Parisian name, fuck! Oh, Parisian, yes. There we go. Good. Got there in the or end. Is the, or, is it, or is it Persian? Oh, such very good puns that Christopher Anvil and Eric Flint are exclusively responsible for, and we're just factually reporting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, with Clombo out of their hair, but they know that it's just he's a, gonna it's come a temporary back. Yeah, solution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, as soon as he catches his breath and remembers what the hell he was doing, he'll probably be back, because he's that kind of cat. Now, they do have one escape route, uh, uh, being the adventurous cats that they are, they do know that, that they have a secret path through the, uh, uh, through the Badlands uh, using some old catacombs. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's just a complete catastrophe because of, the, uh, uh, because of Tom's terrible claustrophobia. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you have claustrophobia, then... Then the catacombs uh, are... How do you deal with your own claws when you have claustrophobia? <laughs> oh, I guess that's why he likes the pom-poms. It's like being allergic to your own sweat. That would be terrible. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they try to uh, s- uh, sneak P.T. out of the uh, house again, back to the area that was uh, cordoned off, because he seems to uh, indicate that it's vitally important that he uh, he gets back there. Yes. Local claw enforcement is still uh, keeping the area cordoned off, because it's, uh, as more as more turns out, that there is, like, definitely an alien invasion going on. Yeah. Because there have been some alien abductions taking place. People have gone missing. That's something that Colombo, uh, Colombo said. Yeah, which made me wonder whether, whether Pernest's wife, Tom, Tom's mother, maybe she didn't just up and leave like he said. Maybe he was just trying to protect his son from, uh, uh, from the, the, the horrible news of his mother being abducted. Yeah, you don't want to be the, the weird guy whose mother was like stolen by aliens because like, that's yeah. like, oh, you must be nuts if your mother's stolen by aliens. Cause that and Tom's happen. already in the fur leading squad and he has enough to deal with. There seem to be two teams. First of all, there's a group of people who shows up, which seems to be the rescue team for PT. Uh, yes. 
uh, as we learn later, they are part of the uh, Galactic uh, Wildlife Fund. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, it turn, I remember that. Because it turns book. out that Pete. Oh, so because it turns out next. that PT was a uh, philonologist who uh, was yeah. who was studying the uh, uh, people on this planet. Yeah, uh, from apparently a much more advanced alien race that was observing the the more primitive, yes, the, the more primitive felines in their uh, you know pre FTL technology uh, yeah, environment. Their first little paw pad steps, steps into, out into, space. into space, which they were actually very, quite suitable to. They had like no problem with space sickness or anything. They were like super adaptive to zero g. Oh yeah, they oh, do a bunch of spinning once they oh, get up they there. They still have the, zero, the 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 bone loss and stuff like everybody has to deal with. But other but than they that, don't they don't have as many to... bones to begin with because uh, they're cats. They're basically slinkies. Do cats have fewer bones than humans? I mean, when you see them twist around, it certainly seems that way. Well, there's that, yes. And the other uh, people were a bunch of uh, alien abductors who were uh, poaching people from this planet and uh, trying to sell them off on the galactic uh, pet market, slave trade market. They were basically poachers, They were basically, literally poachers. Uh, And the uh, rescue team is a bunch of counter-poachers. Like, they've noticed that he's gone incommunicado after his observation post was run over by the alien abductors. Obviously, this was very hard for everyone to figure out because, again, the cats cannot tell either of these groups' uniforms apart. No, but Clombo kind of figures it out in the end. He he does a little bit of asking around, and uh, he actually gets uh, turned around to the the kid's side after he figures out what's going on. I love that. I love that. I mean, as much as an antagonist as he initially seemed... Uh, I mean, he is on the side of of right and 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 reason and justice and yes and, he, and yeah. Once he once he learns the, 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 the purpose of PT's presence, he goes like, okay, this I understand this. Like, this is something that we're not ready for, and th- they'll make contact with us when we're ready. Yeah, and he also realizes. I mean, that all of this is a, a, an unfortunate diplomatic error. They, he wants nothing more than to leave. He didn't want to commit any crimes, and certainly he didn't harm any any, any felines. Yes, uh, and so he immediately can cease the persecution. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, the worst crime that they can be accused of is littering. Yes. Which, among cats, is a much more serious offense than yes, I mean, no, littering. Absolutely. littering no, like, no. Oh, it's very much frowned upon. Like, you pick up your litter or, or else. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, they, they managed to get him back to the uh, team of counter-poachers uh, who whisk him away from their planet in their ship. So I guess that might be the ship that we see taking off on the front cover, although yeah, it wouldn't be with him in the foreground. And there's some tearful goodbyes. Yeah, because they, I mean, they've all, they've all grown thanks to, thanks to knowing him. Like Tom had to, had to, had to find his courage and, mm. and, and, and relate to his dad, Pernest. And, yes, uh, and Karina had to find her brain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Margaret, she had her, she had her fist already. But oh. I, I do like that by the end we see, we see Katrina and Margaret's tail sort of intertwined. Oh, it's very love, adorable. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. When they're taking the final class in mousekeeping. Is that like a, a requirement before you can go into my screen production? <laughs> I did not read the appendix because I was, I was seriously turned off, I can tell you that. By, by the mice cream, yeah. That by was... the mice cream, yeah. Not by the, by the lovely uh, romance by... I, I do think oh, things uh, turned out for, for Katrina and, uh, and Margaret. I sort I'm, of, I'm sure they'll be happy together. Yeah. I sort of imagine that, that maybe they pursue a career in, uh, uh, in mewing aerospace and uh, oh. uh, one day venture out and... Uh, meet, uh, and meet PT on uh, on equal back terms. on their own Galactic Federation or whatever they call it, or whatever like, the fuck it is, yeah, the Galactic Wildlife Fund, you know. So yeah, great book. I, I did feel really bad for PT throughout because, like his 
the swelling got so bad. Oh, yeah. Such a hard time. And he was like, I mean, that's how he got caught. He was like, the sneezing, he just could not keep it under control. And by that time, he was quite monstrous with his, his, he could barely see through his puffy eyes. Red, swollen nose, eyes swollen shut almost. And it's like, uh, yeah, it was quite a horrible situation for him to be in. It's a bit bit of a pain for a philologist to be like that, but, you know. So my absolute favorite scene was with the with the red dot because that sort of ray gun that he's got the sort of pen-shaped yeah. thing that he that he projects this this red dot in space and it's like sends them absolutely it's mental so it's so genius such a and great it works super weapon every time even after they knew it was coming some base reflex that kicks in and that they can't which resist which is how it. they they realize that they could trust pt because he had this power in his pocket the whole time and he never used it on them that's very true what was your favorite bit i really loved uh, detective uh, clawbo how he really embodied the purposes of the claw enforcement where he had to uh, like, <laughs> yeah. he, he knew that like there's like the law and there's the letter of it but there's also doing the things that are right the clatter and, of the claw yeah oh, i thought gosh, that was the, kind of a the, weird the clatter of the claw yes <laughs> yeah. he had probable claws God to do, do whatever needed to be done but yes yeah. so how are we going to rate this book Oof. we can't say nine there's no, no we way cannot. we can get away with that no. with all of the cat aliens we've done it can't be it there's can't be too, nine there's been too many but nines. there's the um I mean, it's it's sort of a sex one usually, but in this case, like, the, it's the last summer together, summer of '69. Oh yes, which so, is not 1969 no. as we as we know, but considering you know the tail entwining of uh, uh, Katrina Aldrin and Margaret Thatcher, there was definitely a little bit of that going on. I would yeah, expect. Certainly. Um, I mean, I thought with those tongues, certain, they're very agile. In that case, I will give this book Brian out of Adams. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And speaking of reviews, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should, should be seeing the cover of today's book. Wow. I should have probably said that at the start. I don't know why that's coming up now. Maybe uh, I'm maybe I'm sort of timing why I'm oh okay. I'm so nervous about the upcoming fight with With the raccoons, with Stan. Yes, but until then, uh, if you look down at your podcasting device, you should should be seeing some opportunity to leave a little review. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Cover My Askcast on Twitter. You can send uh, cover ideas to us at covermyascast at gmail.com. If you know a baffling book that you'd like us to review but not read. But until then, what do we have in store for our readers next week? Next week's book is by Judith Vjost. Alexander and a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> That's about Coverson. Thank you for joining us at Cover My Ass, where baffling books are reviewed but not read. By yours truly, my name is Kaki. And I'm Kay. And remember, we, we only judge a book by its cover. Meow. Wow. That was, a, that was a hell of a story. It was. It was very catchy, and, but I think it was perfect. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's no such thing as a perfect book. Like, True. it's certainly, it's certainly in, a, in, a, in a particular category of its own. Oh, good one. 